ever desire to walk more closely with God? That should be the desire of every Christian. Join us today as Pastor Rander looks at a man that the Bible says had a unique walk with God in this message, Enoch, a man who walked with God. He will be teaching from Genesis chapter number 5, verses 22 through 24. Now let's listen in. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24, the scripture says, After he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Once again, part two, I preach Enoch, a man who walked with God. Enoch, a man who walked with God. Let's look at Enoch's walk. Number one, the scripture says twice in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22b and Genesis 5, 24a, that Enoch walked with God. It says in 22b of chapter 5 of Enoch, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. In 24a of uh, Genesis 5, it says, and Enoch walked with God. Like Enoch, believers today are commanded to walk with God, to live with God, to be in communion with God. And scripture is replete of commanding the church of the living God to walk with God. For example, here's a scripture I did not quote last week, but God gave it to me. It's found in Micah 6, 8. It says, he has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, underline that, and to walk humbly with your God. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, it says, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should, what? Walk in newness of life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, it says, for we walk by faith. We live by faith, not by sight. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, I say then, as Paul speaks to the church of Galatia, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2, the scripture says, and walk in love, live in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. In the book of Revelation chapter 3, verse 4, the scripture says, you have a few names in Sardis who have not defiled their garments and they shall walk with me in white for they are worthy. My friends, Enoch walked with God in an age where it was very rare to find anyone who was serious about living for God. The scripture says, In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And even today, it is not easy to walk with God, especially in today's culture where sin is abounding and sin is glamorized. It is so easy to sin. Right here in America, we have sexual immorality, we have materialism, the occult, we have rape, murder, drugs, pornography, prostitution, murder of the unborn. Therefore, walking with God is to be a decision. Walking with God is to be a choice. You have to make up your mind to walk with God. If your heart's not fixed, if your mind is not made up, you will not walk with God. You'll be slipping and sliding all over the place. You're either walking with God or you're not. Simple as that. 
Either you are walking with God or you are not. Which is it for you? Amos chapter 3 verse 3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? My friends, if you're walking for God and you're tying yourself into people that's, that's not walking for God, then there's a tremendous discrepancy there. If you fail to make a decision to walk, which is to live with the Lord and be persistent and determined to follow Christ, you will be swept away by the tide of this wicked and perverted generation. Like Joshua, we must make up our minds to serve the Lord. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord... Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That ought to be the theme of your house. As for me and my house, Not the house down the street. Don't say, mama, they doing it down there. No, you don't live down there. You live at this address, at this address, where you eating, where you sleeping. Children, we are going to serve the Lord. Enos walking with God meant that he lived a life that was pleasing to God. What does it mean to walk with God? It means to live a life that's pleasing to God. To walk with God is to live a life in daily fellowship with God. What does it mean to walk with God? It it, it means to live a life that is in continual intimacy with God. It means to have a deep abiding communion with God, which brings about an overwhelming sense of God's presence in your life. When you have communion with God, fellowship with God, intimate communion with God, fellowship with God, all of these things will bring about an overwhelming sense of God's presence in your life. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore in his presence, not at the computer screen. Not at the television, not, not, not at the movies, not at all these places, in his presence. Not at the rodeo, it's all right to go to the rodeo, it's in town, but in his presence is fullness of joy. Enoch enjoyed basking in the presence of Almighty God. He so much enjoyed listening to God talk. Do you enjoy listening to God? When you read your Bible, you are listening to God. When you read your Bible, God speaks to you. And when you pray, you talk to God. And God wants to have a two-way communication. He wants to talk to you, and he wants you to be talking to him. He wants to have that kind of fellowship with you. Listening to God, talking to God, walking and fellowshipping with your God is so essential in today's evil culture. Their relationship, Enoch's and God's relationship with each other was so enjoyable, so delightful, so exhilarating. My friends, sadly, multitudes of people will live in this world and die and never walk with God. 
Many will live and die and never come into a saving relationship with God. You can't walk with God until you first know God. You must first believe by faith that God is. Do you believe today that God is? And then once you believe that God is, then you got to take that a little bit further. You have to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ and then make up your mind to walk with him. You just can't simply believe, well, I believe God exists and that's it. That's all I believe. Demons believe that much. Not only must you believe that God is, you must believe him so much that you are willing to have a saving relationship with this almighty God who made everything, including you and your own soul. And then once you come into a saving relationship, believing that Jesus Christ is the son of God, believing that he died on the cross for your sins, believing that he was buried according to scripture and believing on third day morning, he rose from the dead. And then not just believing the gospel report, but then living out the gospel in your life daily will put on display the fact that you are walking with God. So I transition now. How did Enoch please God? He was a man who pleased God. Well, how did he do it? Number one, Enoch was a man of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verses five and six says, by faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him for before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him for he who comes to God must first must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Be it known to you today, my friends, Enoch, while on earth, lived by faith in God. God was the object of Enoch's faith. Enoch believed in the true and living God of Scripture. Enoch lived for God. Enoch sought to please God at any cost. And then Enoch had an unwavering faith and uncompromising obedience. That is so critical if you're going to live successfully for the Lord. You must have, like Enoch, an unwavering faith. Can't have a so-so faith, a little dab of faith. You have to believe God. You have to have strong faith. As a matter of fact, the greatest prayer you can pray is, Lord, increase my faith. He had an unwavering faith and uncompromising obedience. Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct our Maranatha service beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. Number two, not only was Enoch a man of faith, Enoch pleased God by having an inner longing to hear his voice. Enoch Please, God, by having an inner longing to hear his voice. In Psalm 66, verses 16 through 19, it says, Come and hear, all you who fear God, and I will declare what he has done for my soul. Verse 17, I cried to him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. Verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But certainly God has heard me. He has attended to the voice of my prayer. I love verse 18 tucked in there because some of you are praying, but your prayers are not even getting to the roof of your home. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. 
If you are messing around in pornography, the Lord is not going to hear your prayer. You cussing out your wife, won't speak, or your husband, all week long, look at him, rolling your eyes, and then you're going to call yourself getting on your knees and pray. Get on up, because the Lord will not hear your prayer. Huh? If you're thinking wrong thoughts, if you're full of pride, if you're arrogant, if you're being silly, foolish, stupid, the Lord will not hear your prayer. You're living in sex sins, the Lord will not hear. You're stubborn and contrary and won't obey your parents, the Lord will not hear. You see, my friends, you have to be an obedient child of God whose life is clean if God is going to hear your prayer. Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep those are the ones who follow Jesus, hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. How do you follow God? By obeying what is in this book. If you're not even reading this book, how are you going to obey him? You're not in the structure manual, you see. Number three, uh, how did Enoch please God? From the moment Enoch came into a relationship with his God. The whole of Enoch's life was one of acceptable worship because he sought to please God with all his heart. From the moment he came into a relationship with his God, the whole of Enoch's life was one of acceptable worship because he sought to please God with all his heart. Romans 12, 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. In other words, our bodies is to be a living sacrifice, a sweet smelling aroma before a holy and just God. In other words, our life is to be spiritual worship. As I said last Sunday, you don't come to church to worship. You ought to be worshiping as you come to church. Your whole lifestyle is to be a worship. What you put your eyes on, what you're listening to, what you're saying, where you're walking to, what you're coming from. The whole of your life is to be a spiritual aroma and service unto our Lord. Number four, Enoch did not seek to please relatives, friends, or the influential people of his day. He sought to please God alone. This is how Enoch pleased God. Enoch did not seek to please his relatives. You got relatives that will get in God's way. You got friends who don't believe in God and will try to pull you away from him. Influential people, even in the church, they can have influence, but no God in their life. No testimony of Jesus in in their lives. And the worst thing you can do is put influential, unsaved folk in positions of leadership in the church which results in the church being torn and torn up. You don't put people in position simply because of degree, simply because they've been hanging around 40 years. You can hang around the church 40 years and be just as lost as you can be. That's right. A lot of folk are at the church, but not in the church. That's right. If you say you're saved, there ought to be evidence and fruit bearing in your life that bear witness to the testimony of your salvation. You see, my friends, Enoch did not seek to please relatives, friends, or influential people of his day. He sought to please God alone. Acts 5, 29 says, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. You know, there are people all over the world, including Gerald, uh, our adopted son, and many others 
who, when they receive Christ, they're thrown out the house. They're rejected. They're ridiculed, ostracized. All of these things simply because they receive Jesus Christ. But you have to love Christ more than mother. You have to love Christ more than daddy, more than friend. You have to love Christ more than a fraternity, more than exercising. Some of y'all don't do that anyway. You know, you have to love Christ more than anything, more than money, more than pleasure. It is Christ. It is Christ. When you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ, he's not going to ask you how much money did you make? He's not going to ask you what kind of car did you drive? He's not going to ask what kind of home did you live in? How many dogs did you have? Did you take them to PetSmart? He's not going to ask, ask any of those things. He won't ask, did you know me? Did you obey me? Did you follow me with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your strength? In Galatians chapter 1 verse 10, it says, For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. And some of y'all can't get any further in your relationship with Christ. It's because you are people pleasers. You're trying to please people. You talk to people more than you talk to God. You got more relationship with folk in your life. You're Facebooking everybody. You're texting everybody. You're texting in the wrong book. Why don't you text the Bible? Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judge, Ruth. Why don't you text the scripture? Facebook it, being face to face with God. That's right. You're comparing yourself with people. That's a low standard. But when you compare yourself with the authoritative word of God, it shows you how far short you fall and how you need to stretch out before God and repent and say, God, I have missed the mark. People will tell you stuff you want to hear, but God will say, listen, you're a filthy rag. That's right. The Bible says you're less than a grasshopper. The Bible will call you names. Your friend won't even call you. The Bible is like a mirror. It shows you your warts and all. Stop comparing yourself with people and start comparing yourself with the authoritative word of the living God. You can't be popular with man pleasing God. Enoch did not try to please man, did not try to please relatives or friends. He pleased God at any cost. Number five, Enoch pleased God with his holy conduct. That's how he pleased God, with his holy conduct. Please God with his character and lifestyle, which brought a stinging rebuke in a godless culture all around him. It was an evil day. It was a terrible day. The people was doing what was ever right in their own eyes. But yet this man was determined to walk with God in that kind of day. The Gospel of John chapter 3 verses 19 and 20 says, And this is the condemnation, which means judgment, that the light has come into the world. Who is the light? Jesus Christ. And men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. My friends, once you have been genuinely born again, I said genuinely, born again, and the light of Christ shines through you when you're born again. The light of Christ should be shining through you. Those who practice evil do not want to have anything to do with you because they do not want their wicked deeds exposed by the light of Christ in you. That's right. That's why when you get saved and your language change and you're not drinking and, and slobbing and acting a fool, all of a sudden you drop a whole lot of friends. 
If everybody enjoyed being around you just as it was uh, before you were saved, something is wrong. When you get saved, somebody ought to start calling you some names. Somebody should not want anything to do with you. And matter of fact, when they put you out or, or, or shut you out, talk you down, call you names, praise God. That's a sign you're on the right side. That's right. You're on the right side. You're on the, your holy life should be convicting folk of their sins. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse four says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness and what communion has light with darkness? Listen, my friends, you are either resisting and opposing sin or you accommodating it. You are either resisting and opposing sin or you are accommodating it. Which one are you doing? Beloved, if you fail to call sin for what it is, your life will be full of it. If you fail to call sin for what it is, your life will be full of it. Sin is not a mistake or failure. You don't just slip into sin. You you walk into it with your eyes wide open. Why? Because you like it. You don't just slip into sin. And then people tone down the terminology so they won't even get convicted. They change the name from Bible terms to these modern day cute terms that won't convict you. Many call pride self-esteem. Those who murder uh, the unborn, they call it pro-choice. Isn't that cute? Homosexuals are called gays or living the alternative lifestyle. Adultery is called an affair. Fornication is called promiscuity. Prostitutes are called call girls and escorts. Gambling is called lottery. And witchcraft is called psychics. Beloved, unless you repent and call sin for what it really is, you will continue to live in it. Use God's vocabulary and not man's little puny cute words. The Bible calls sin, sin. Did you hear what I said? The Bible calls sin what? Sin. Let me just show you what I'm saying. In Numbers, I didn't quote this last week, but I quoted this week. Numbers 32, 23. But if you do not do so, then take note, you have sinned. Look at that word. Against the Lord. And be sure your mistakes will find you out. Your slips, no. And be sure your what? Sin will find you out. Romans 3.23 says, for all have what? Sin and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages. You know what wages are? A payment, payment of what sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. First John chapter one, verses nine and 10 says, if we confess our what? Sins. You know, what you, by the way, you know what confess means? It means to agree with God about your sins. It means to say the same thing that God is saying about your sins. That's what the word confess means. If we confess our what? Sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. It's it's a dangerous thing to make God a liar. And his word is not in us. In 1 John chapter 5 verse 17a, it says, all unrighteousness is what? Sin. Not slips or mistakes. First John chapter three, verse 8a says, he who sins, I love, is of the devil. And people choke on that. He who what? Sins is of the devil. That's right. You, you're being a hypocrite, you're of the devil. You're a habitual liar, you're of the devil. You're cheating, you're not of God, you're being of the devil. You're being used of him at that moment. 
You are of the devil. Why you say that? Don't get mad at me. It's in the scripture. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Wow. Now, that was all review. So now let's go on now to new insights. Number six, Enoch, Enoch pleased God with his passionate love for God and refused to let anything separate him from God. Enoch pleased God with his passionate love for God and refused to let anything separate him from God. Unlike many Christians today who allow their pride, fleshly desires, anger, bitterness, entertainment, money, greed, sexual immorality. Many Christians allow those things to get to separate them from God. And you say, well, I'm not in bitterness and I'm not uh, committing sexual immorality. What about your trials? And what about your tribulations and crises that you're going through or, or that you went through? Did those crises cause you to give up on God? Or did they strengthen your faith in God? Huh? What did it do? In other words, your crises, your trials, your storms, if you don't keep your eyes on Jesus in the midst of health crisis, financial crisis, marital crisis, parental crisis, and all these other crises I cannot call, you can lose heart in the midst of those crises and allow those crises to separate you from the love of God. Instead of those crises strengthening your faith in God, they distance you from God to your own spiritual detriment. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.